Just fix your, I'm fix your thing. Up. Yeah, you're there. You I gotta go. look pretty. Yeah, look pretty. It's too early in the morning for that. Yeah. <laughs> morning, John. Good morning. Looks like you shaved this morning. Did not shave this morning. <laughs> Haven't shaved in about a week. Really? <laughs> and I start vacation today, so oh, I probably so won't shave for another week. Yeah. <laughs> right on. How's everything going? Good. You're probably been running ragged trying to get ready for your vacation and everything. Well, yeah, that and the shirt shows, and we got that starting today too. Oh. Getting set up for that. And nice. Uh, this. This is your annual uh, buddy camping yeah. trip. Yeah, we do our little high school buddies still get so, together and. Last year, if you remember right, on Monday, we did a podcast after you got back, and you weren't feeling so hot still. Probably was a little under the weather. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> anyway, so, all right. Well, this morning, we got a friend of ours, Dallin Casperson. Yep. Um, and not only a great hunter, um, an avid hunter, but also involved with... Uh, SFW, the local chapter here in Twin Falls, and you've been involved for how yeah, long now? About a year now. About a year? Yeah, right I kind of hopped in. Um, Both feet though, right? I jumped in head first. Nice. <laughs> you know, so nice. Um, kind of came down to, I uh, was hunting a lot and complaining a lot. And <laughs> like we tend to do, you know, we're out there, they we don't see anything, each other, right? yeah, we don't see anything, we're like, oh, fishing game, whatever, you know, yeah. which I mean, they do their best, yeah. right? And, uh, and that's where me and my good friend, Jesse Regal, were looking like, okay, we have time, where can we go help? That's investor awesome. invest our time. You you grew up around here. Yeah, I'm talk a little bit about your I've been born and raised here in Twin Falls. Nice. So I left for, uh, um, I lived in South America for a few years and then came, went to school and then moved back when I got Why? out of school. What, which part? South America. <laughs> I was an LDS missionary oh, down there. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, so, right on. Yeah. Oh, down for a couple Ar years? For a couple years down in Argentina, yeah. Oh, man. I bet that was a pretty cool experience. Huh? Yeah, you know, it was hard. <laughs> it wasn't easy. You know, culture shock. I would say, yeah, uh, that probably opened your eyes a lot on. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, when you're hanging out with people that have the house the size of this room we're in. Wow. <laughs> it makes uh, you really grateful for when you come back to the United States and can get McDonald's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, my what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I've been here, lived here most of my life, minus a few years there, you know, yeah. for school. Uh -huh. um, came back uh, to help run my family's business, which is Charmack Trailers. Yeah. Um, popular, yeah. popular trailer. I... I I remember back in, uh, I was back in Illinois guiding back there, Yeah. and a Charmack trader passed me, and I went, Did, do you guys have more than one place that you... We only we, build them here in Twin Falls. Yeah, so, so that's what I thought, yeah. and I'm thinking, how ironic to see one all yeah. the way back. Yeah. It was yeah. actually in Missouri. I was on my way to Illinois, but... It was cool. We were actually kind of, we really expanded. We used to be mostly just the Western United States, and we've really expanded to the whole country in Canada, huh. and we actually just sent a snowmobile trailer up to Greenland. Wow, oh, wow. So, awesome. it's like kind of kind of cool tidbit wow, there. Yeah. So, and how long has that been going? That business? Forty-five years. Nice. Wow. So my grandpa started that um, back in 1977. Wow. So um, I'm generation number three. Nice. So that's pretty. You know, most businesses don't get to the third generation. Yeah. So the yeah. normal about I think it's about 15 percent get that far. So hmm. yeah. Really? Yeah. So normally wow, the second cool. generation, we looked into it because normally the second generation says we're done with this. Yeah, right. tells it. yeah. So somebody else's dream, right? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Grandpa's dream. <laughs> you know, it's ironic. We're kind of talking about that. Yesterday, I was talking with a couple friends, and and we were just talking about 
nothing against younger generation now, but it's it's like uh, this happened to be the grocery business. How you know it was they lived the kids grew up in, in a good lifestyle because mm -hmm. of. The grocery that happened to be the grocery business started. Yeah. Let's say you know mm -hmm. whatever business it is, but a lot of times the kids don't want anything to do with that. And yeah. you know the old it's saying, not, it's not glamorous enough. I guess not. You know that yeah. do something that, like if if it can provide the lifestyle mm -hmm. or whatever that you would like, mm -hmm. you know that should be something you may want to think about. And and a lot of times businesses kind of close because. Uh, or they sell it off because yeah. their children don't want to do it. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And so that's awesome that you're yeah. your generation. The, the real cool part about that business that keeps me excited about it. I always, we always joke that we're just, we're just some good old trailer trash. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but that's what awesome. I always like is like with a trailer, it can kind of go around with multiple hobbies. So like I working on right now for this fall um, is a sportsman's package. So it's like a trailer built for hunters. Okay. Oh. So kind of going at that and debate and taking it to the Honda Expo next year. Nice. Um, so there's that side of it. I also like razors and snowmobiles and yeah. all that fun stuff. And I build what hauls them. So I think like what I can get to use my mind to think what's works best for those. And then on top of that, like I'm a horseman. We build horse trailers. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it's kind of. Fun that wherever my ADHD takes me that day, <laughs> yeah, I, can, uh, I can get some stimulus, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So, do you do shows at all? Sports shows? Um, not sport. We were going to do Sportsman's Expo last year, um, but at the time, we kind of had this rule that one of our dealers needed to be with us, and we couldn't get one to partner with us. Oh, gotcha. And so we've kind of had some chats of where we wanted to take the... Because that's where I've lately been handling more of the big picture branding uh -huh. of the company yeah. is where we want to take it is that we just need to go and put ourselves out there more, even if we're not yeah. going to have a dealer with us because that's all deal is to get sales. Sure. So they want the dealer there so they can get the sale. And sure. That's just kind of an old time thinking that we've since changed. But yeah. So we should see us at more starting to go forward. Yeah. And if it's kind of focused, especially for the sportsmen, uh, I bet that the expo would be a... Yeah, yeah, I have, some, I have some pretty cool ideas I don't really want to reveal yet, but I've got some <laughs> bummer I was just getting ready to ask, actually. <laughs> I was talk, interested. I, I've <laughs> talked to a lot of guys, and we kind of put together this little think tank on it, on something, type of a toy hauler conversion that you can remove the razor or whatever you're hauling or four-wheelers and then have it be a living space as well. Mm. Oh, nice. So, but it's a lot smaller and cheaper than going and buying like a, a, big, toy, toy a big toy hauler, yeah. and it's easier to manage <laughs> man yeah. i can't believe how many people i've seen that take like an enclosed trader and turn them into their own little well that was living kind of, like real small living yeah. quarters just because it's easier than setting up a tent in the rain oh it is i and, do it yeah really <laughs> well yeah I, I mean i always we always have a trailer around so like i went down to the salt flats with my boy camping and I just brought a generator and a heat and a heater and ran the put the generator outside and put an air mattress on the floor. Wow. So I mean that's yeah. the base level, but that's sure. kind of what inspired it is all these people doing these conversions. I'm like, well, we can do it better at the factory and probably cheaper. I did I actually one time bear hunting. Um, I have a little a small trailer that I was hauling all my bear stuff up there with, mm -hmm. and uh, and I had a tent and I was going to pitch the tent and everything and. It was raining, you know, sprinkling, but it's just supposed to rain that evening. So that's what I did. I ended up tarping everything yeah. and then sleeping inside there, left it cracked open so I got some air. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Good. But yeah. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, so, I mean, that's part of me. I mean, been hunting most of my life. Um, actually, I always wanted, growing up, wanted to be a mountain man. That's what I would always say. <laughs> and so that's where I really always grew up loving horses and being outside and doing things. I didn't get my hunting license until I was 16 because oh. my dad doesn't hunt. Oh, yeah, okay. He has in the past, but he doesn't really care for it. He says it's work. <laughs> and I guess that's true. <laughs> so, um, and then playing sports in high school, I mostly waterfowl hunted. But when I got back from my mission in college, I really dove headfirst into into, into archery hunting down, down oh, in Utah. Nice. Yeah, nice. So, and that's kind of what I've done now. Oh, I've so in Utah, you said that's You're... where I did most of my stuff. Oh, okay. The starting out was down in Utah. Oh, okay. And hunting their season, and kind of it was kind of a cool because once you live in a different state and you can see the regular, like actually live in the regulations mm -hmm. that their fishing game puts out, yeah. it makes you appreciate stuff like here in Idaho. Like a lot of people I hear talking about wanting the point system and hadn't lived in Utah for four or five years, not a chance I would ever want that. 100%. Because yeah. me as a new person arriving in Utah, yeah. I could never draw a tag. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. Like there was no chance of me drawing a tag. I know. I tell people they, for lack of better words, bitch and moan about, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't draw a tag. Yeah. And a lot of them, you know, and, and I know fortunately if you do archery hunt, there is a little more opportunity even mm -hmm. though the success rate isn't maybe is good yeah. or high, um, but at least we get the hunt. And I mean, yeah. I see all these, uh, most these, every surrounding state around us, you gotta draw some. I know like Wyoming is a state that uh, you pretty much get a tag every year, doesn't Jack? Uh, yeah, I mean, they have the, the draws, but if you don't draw, it's similar here, you know, yeah. you can still get, find yeah. some open hunts that you yeah. can go on. But there's not, some so. states, you know, and well, Nevada, yeah, you, Nevada. You, you don't draw a tag. You don't, you don't get to hunt that yeah. year as yeah. a resident, which is, I, oof, yeah, that's a rough go. Yeah. I mean, I'm and, feel bad for her. And I think that's one of the things with SFW is what we believe is trying to find the balance because we have the guys that want the really quality units. And I tend to land in that, in that camp a lot. Sure. Is we want more quality units, but we also believe that everyone should have the opportunity to go hunting every year. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. But we also have so many, so much public land in Idaho. We have more public land than any other state in lower 48, but we're all condensed to the southern plain. So I could go do the unit 39 late buck or bull hunt. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you guys have done that and see how many people are running around out mm -hmm. there because of how our system's set up. Where right. We could do a lot of benefit for the overall quality of hunting and for ourselves if we just kind of spread ourselves out a little bit. Right. You know? Yeah. Kind of like the way they did the tags for non-residents mm -hmm. is because they were all piling in yeah you exactly. know up just a handful of units yeah. where now even though they still have the same amount of tags they're just spread out amongst the state which i think it in the long run has got to be a good effect on the sorry oh. non-residents but i mean that's, <laughs> for us it's great yeah it is <laughs> you know? but i mean at least they still get they still get an opportunity to hunt too i mean if whether mm -hmm. just depends on where they want to hunt if they you know if they don't mind getting another tag for yeah another area and really where you run into some of that is a lot of the guys that have the traditional hunting camps or mm -hmm. like me i didn't grow up with any of that so i was kind of like where can i find a where can i find game yeah. right so i was bouncing between unit and unit scouting a lot when you learning. say tradition you're talking about like five guys come well, together that yeah you got like oh my grandpa hunted yeah. here i hunted here yeah. so like you get a lot of guys up in like 43 that are that way like yeah. they always camp in the same pull out have their pack yeah. string they're always in the exact same spot every yeah. single year yeah and that's where um that's just where they go hunt yeah you know and so where you've talked about lots of changes that probably should happen 
um, at some of these meetings, you get a lot of resistance from those type of guys because there's the chance that they might not be able to do yeah, that, right. which we're, I'm very sympathetic with. But at the same time, we can't, as, as hunters, we can't be selfish, yeah. right? I mean, our game's not an unlimited resource. True. If we don't manage it correctly, we're not going to have game yeah. for the next generation. And it might not affect the three of us here. We're probably all okay. But if we don't start looking forward, it's like, okay, our how kids. do we have more deer on the, on the ground in the next 10 years? There's no plans for that. So that's the most frustrating thing. There's some loose end planned out there by fishing game, but there's no actual, like, these are the steps we're going to take. They just say, we want this many deer on the ground in 2030. Yeah. There's nothing like, well, we're going to do this and then this and then this. We're going to do this habitat um, restoration. We're going to plant sage seed in 46. We're going to do these things that could help. They don't, there's none of that. Where other states, you go and research it. Utah, I don't, they're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they partnered, they've learned that organizations like SFW, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Mule Deer Foundation, Pheasants Forever are their best allies because they give them money, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so they can go and do these where fishing game, Idaho fishing game tends to just want more control and hold it back. Oh, gotcha. So that's where, that's where our biggest deal is now where we've been over the, what the other guys in the group and what I jumped in doing is going to lunch with fishing game people, trying to build these relationships so we can get a better trust set up there. So we're not, they don't see us as some group trying to take control from them. We just really want to help. Yeah. I, you know, I ain't gonna lie. And I know, I think you and I have talked about this, you know, like on the phone and stuff about how I know there was people kind of thinking that SFW was all about high end mm -hmm. um, hunts. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's a, almost like a money type thing more than anything but now talking to you after i've got to know you actually yeah. learning more about it um it's easy to where i can see standing behind it because it isn't all about that it's it's yeah yeah look they're looking at the long term yeah and like when we have our committee meetings we really try to like when they did so like they did their regulation stuff um that they released last or their proposed regulations yeah. last february yeah and we went and sat down and looked at it and it kind of everybody in the committee got to have a chance to talk mm -hmm. so like one guy um i can't remember his name now um <laughs> that's bad at me but maybe it's better i don't say it anyway um he wasn't really okay with them moving the elk tags in 45 they had that december hunt uh -huh. 45 yeah that they moved it i think into the october hunt okay. or something i don't remember exactly where they shifted the tags to yeah mm -hmm. but it was making it less like he that was his traditional hunt uh, okay you know and it was something to me that i didn't really care but it was important to him so i supported him yeah you know so that's where it's like it's not everyone just trying to fight i want more landowner tags i want this and that and that it's it's truly not that it's really what is how can we make ever try to make everyone's hunting experience better? Yeah. So, and that was really cool is because then what I opposed was when they're trying to raise the 54 elk tags because we have a very special elk unit there. And I was very against wanting to raise the tags there because we have so much elk hunting opportunity. We don't really, it was going to bump the draw odds 0.2%. Hmm. So it wasn't going to do anything. So you're just going to get like five more people out there hunting but then you're gonna remove that top end, which you can potentially get a 400 inch bull in that unit. Yeah. There's a, a legit chance for it. Yeah. And so where that was kind of where I go, he was like, okay, I'll support you and help you on the 54 if you help me on the 45. So oh, that's where we gotcha. both were able to go talk to Fishing Game and say, these are the two that we don't like. And we were able to accomplish a lot there. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I'm kind of glad that that got shot down in 54 as well. I'm, just I'm very glad. I saw the public comment on it, and it was much more in favor of not. Really? Yeah, of not adding yeah. those tags, which I was kind of surprised, to be honest. I kind of yeah. thought a lot of people would want it. Yeah. Because everyone says, I wish I could draw a 54 right. tag. I yeah. do. But I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you what, you know, you do draw it, um, and you're going to have a hell of a hunt yeah. so it, it, it's going to stay like that because they didn't raise the tags it yeah. potentially could stay like that for longer years yeah and then in the that's one comment that the one of the fishing game guys out of pocatello mentioned to me because i went up to boise this last spring and kind of they give you like your 60 seconds of fame or whatever you can go up there and mm -hmm. suppose say your grievances and uh i went up there and because they kind of when they did the magic valley hearing they kind of had some discrepancy in the numbers of what they were saying on like harvest statistics and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they tried to backtrack that they said that, but I, I was sitting in the building. <laughs> you know, I, and that's where one thing I've done well in my professional life is numbers. Like I've been, always been very good at math. Like I understand statistics. And when he kind of said, they kind of said offhand, like, oh, we only think th of these new tags that are brought in only 30% success rate. And I'm like, well, you can't, as a statistic rule, you can't say that. Because the current success rate on across all hunts is 80%. So you yeah. have to go off an 80% success for the new tags you add in, oh. which adds eight more bulls hitting, hitting the ground, which then adds to herd dynamics. Mm -hmm. Like So that's yeah. just seemed like a very um, uneducated thing to say. Um, and it was I think it was a little offhand, and I think I kind of talked to the individual that had said it, and they kind of were walking it back afterwards. And I don't think that... but. Um, I would mentioned that in there at the Boise deal, and they and the gentleman came out to me and he said, "Well, I hope one day you'll at least get to draw it." And I'm like, "You don't understand. I don't like if I don't draw it in my life, I'm okay. You know, I have plenty of hunting opportunities. I know I can go do it. I just want it to be the best opportunity for the or best time for the person that does. Yeah, that's always what, like I know I can't go do every hunt. I'm not the means that I could go pay for a hunt there or do anything like that." Um, but that's just where kind of my vision is, is I know I'm not going to draw every hunt, but I would like every unit to be maximized to its potential. Mm -hmm. Whether that's giving everybody as much opportunity, that's what it's decided, or let's grow some huge animals, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Which yeah. there's a balance for it. You can have both. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Because I think that's what a lot of people at SFW think is that we want to cut all the hunts down. No one's, it's going to become a rich like what you said, or pay to play, rich people only type of thing, and that's not the case at all. Yeah, we like to hunt, and we want to hunt every year, and I'm not that rich. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I hope it kind of stays the way it is as far as the points and all that, not having them and everything. And I, yeah. but I always tell people, you know, just be thankful that we do have a, a place, and that's it. People who told me this year, you know, several of them that they didn't draw. It's like. But they're going to go probably archery hunting. I would yeah. say at least, or in, even if they're just not archery hunting, you can buy an over-the-counter mm -hmm. rifle tag and go. You know, if you 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 have a chance of getting the first come first serve, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, elk tags as well as over-the-counter deer tags. Just be thankful that you still can hunt because yeah. there is a lot of states that you, you can't. can't, like Nevada, like you said, or yeah. California, or yeah. Washington and Oregon. That's why they all come here. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. I have my cousin with this that pulls up with his California plates every single year, and I always tease him. So, I'm right. like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you better be careful with those. You might want to take them off. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> I have a spare set of Idaho plates hanging out somewhere to put on. <laughs> I'll rent them to you. Exactly. <laughs> I'll rent them to you. So. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and and uh, so uh, you're on the committee. Is that what you're? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a committee But I know member. you're really uh, like the main guy for around here is. It's Scott Allen. Scott Allen. And so, you and him have become really good friends, I so, guess. So, yeah, I grew up, my parents live next door to Scott. Okay. So, Scott has a son, Bryce, that's my age, and a couple other boys that are around my age group. So, I was always kind of running around his place, um, shooting BB guns, getting in trouble. Um, but Scott was the real, like, driving factor for me to, like, get my hunting license because it was oh. never that he's next door and kind of <clears> took me. <throat> he knew all these interests I had. Um, so through the Boy Scouts one year, we did a trip that he planned through our Boy Scout troop to go to the Wind Rivers fishing oh. in Wyoming and kind of, we did a big pack trip and it's my first experience doing anything like that. And I was like, man, this, cool. is, this is, this is it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like high country, about 10,000 feet. Nice. I'm not a big fit. I don't like to fish oh. much. Like I like to catch, but yeah. I, I don't have the patience, <laughs> I don't have the I patience to, to sit there, <laughs> like, but, uh, it was still a great time. Caught a pile of fish and after that he's like you know you could plan these trips if you got your hunting license so i kind of went and got my hunting license with these grandiose ideas that everything was a pack trip into the wind rivers right <laughs> when i've now learned most of it is running around out in the sagebrush yeah <laughs> yeah sure but um he kind of guided me along that way and during that time he was so right now he's the vice president because um, he was the president, but stepped down to vice president just because. But for all of SFW's president? For Idaho. For, for the state of Idaho. Okay. Um, so he got, he stepped back and said, I don't want to. He's like, I'm still going to be very involved, but he's retired now and mm-hmm. kind of and wants to just go hunting. Yeah. But he still puts forth a bunch of time. And so really, he's kind of, I will just say, he's probably the one why we get to hunt wolves in Idaho. Because really? he dedicated thousands upon thousands, him and the, their team there. Going up to Boise to, to state hearings, talking to senators, talking to Governor Butch Otter at the time, huh, yeah. really pushing for us to delist wolves. And they that was a big, long fight <laughs> yeah. to get that done and to get it to where it is today, where you could buy 15 wolf tags. Yeah. You know, right. like a lot of people might try to say it was this or that, but like I was around and I saw what he was doing mm-hmm. and going up there. And I even went up there one, I even interviewed him after he went up there one time for a college paper and got all information of what they were involved in it was uh-huh. really it was really complex a lot more complex than you think to go do something like that so much politics that oh, I, the average hunter has no idea yeah i bet you know and that's just kind of where i was when i was looking for a place to kind of land and start putting forth my efforts mm-hmm. into hunting was i wanted somewhere that was active you know, yeah that was wanting to do something mm-hmm. you know not just like a place okay we're going to go fundraise and then we're going to write fishing game a check Say, here's your check. Yeah. You know, hopefully you do well. It has to go towards this animal. It needs to go towards stage graphs. You know? Yeah. No, I wanted to be getting my hands dirty. How do we do politics? How can we fundraise? Can we make lasting change for the betterment of our hunting here in Idaho? Is it a yearly fight? Yeah. Yeah. So mostly in the spring, you're fundraising, right? Because you have your banquet. And so you're trying to get people to buy tables, get raffle stuff, get people to donate. So you're doing a lot of that. Um, we took a break because <laughs> we were all really tired yeah. after the fundraising. So right now we're kicking back, like this summer we kicked back into it. And that's where we're kind of started some other projects and say, okay, what's our goals? Um, do we have like, 
there's always like things like commissioner seats, you know, like do who we, do oh. we want to back, do we want to back the yeah. current commissioner, which Greg Cameron's a great guy, you know. Um, so it's like, do we want to go do those things or do we want to go and back someone else? Are they doing it with our goals, you know? Yeah. So it's very, very much politics that I never thought would be involved in the hunting yeah. world until you get into it. Because mm -hmm. those changes are, are huge. But, I mean, realistically, you're kind of our sound, you're our voice. Yeah. You know, so so it is important that we do, point is, it is important that we do find whichever um, organization or all of them, whatever you, you want to... Um, back up mm -hmm. um endorse whatever you want to call it because they are our voices for exactly i encourage anyone i talk to like go to like just call up if you want to go call up mule deer foundation yeah uh, call them up and say when they're when their meeting is go see if that's a place you want to land mm -hmm. and go mm -hmm. help yeah. rocky mountain elk foundation um, wild turkeys yeah ducks unlimited there's for any hunter pheasants forever there's any hunt type of hunter there's somewhere you can go and I feel if we're going to claim as hunters that we're really conservationists, just going and buying your tag and going hunting every year is not, doesn't make you conservationist in my mind. Yeah. It's you actually going in forth and putting forth your spare time and saying, I want to make hunting better. Like, leave it better than when I arrived. Okay. Now that I feel guilty. I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been, I, it, everyone you've talked about, I've been involved with, yeah. uh, you know, at some point or another. And most hunters have to a point. They've yeah. gone to the bank. At the minimum, they've about gone. Being on the committee and yeah. stuff, too. Yeah. And, and, and they are fun. Yeah. It isn't work the night of the. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> but yeah. it still is, is fun. You do feel a little bit of satisfaction as a group, you know, too. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's where most hunters have at least done something, you know, like, mm -hmm. and most hunters, if you call them and say, Hey, we're planting seed, you know, normally yeah. they'll come. Yeah. But it's definitely needs those, those organizations, the heads of those organizations that's on the flip. If they want to actually do some lasting change, they need to plan those things, oh. you know, like, cause we could call, I know I have guys in my phone that I could call, you know, and say, Hey, look, we're doing this project. Can you come out and do some service on a Saturday? They yeah. would right away would be there yeah but they don't have the time and means to go serve on a committee because i'm not saying everyone needs to serve on committee but just right right be at least able to answer the call yeah you know sure because they might not be able to directly help you mm -hmm. but it's going to help someone down the down road. the road right yeah. right exactly that's a good point yeah and so, i believe in karma so that's true <laughs> yeah yeah, you reap some, of the, some of the tags, some of the, uh, that I tease Scott Allen, some of the tags he's drawn. I'm like, you got a lot of karma coming, coming to you for a lot of years <laughs> right. of, of helping and serving. So. Yeah, no, no lie, huh? yeah. Have you drawn so, any of the big, do, do you put them for sheep? And I put them for sheep every year. Yeah. I haven't drawn any of them. Have you put them for goat or moose or anything? No, because I figure... Um, Sheep's the sheep. toughest. <laughs> yeah, I get the sheep one. If I can get it done while I'm young, you know, some of the moose and goat hunts. Some yeah. of the goat hunts, they have pretty good road access mm. when they're older, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And the moose hunts, I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that. I mean, not saying it's not hard, right. but it's not as physically it's, demanding. Yes. So, yes. Um, uh, you did. You want a sheep hunt, didn't I, you? I want two. <laughs> <laughs> The room goes silent. Yeah, I, uh, well, I, I tell people that, and then I lose all my friends. Right. So, I, yeah, you know, I mean, it happens. I won one down at the Western Hunt Expo. Um, that there was a, it was originally a, a stone hunt, but we did some. I 
the dates didn't couldn't work for me because of the years and then they tried originally worked but it got bumped for covid and i couldn't go oh okay um so we switched it around with a friend of mine ended up going on a doll hunt in alaska mistake i should have went on the stone hunt made it work <laughs> but then i uh just because it's harder to get yeah well they're expensive they're seventy five thousand dollars now are they really <laughs> yeah so wow. i was like oh that's uh i'll never be able to buy that myself so oh, wow. that's <laughs> maybe should have taken that chance but um that's what i thought it was was a stone cheap hunt when yeah when you first said you won and then yeah. i'm thinking because it did take you a while to go on a couple of years to actually go then yeah i'm thinking Oh, maybe it was a doll, and I thought yeah. it was a stone. And the doll hunt was awesome. <clears throat> you know, I had a great time. Hardest thing I ever did. Learned a lot about myself. Yeah. You know, going out that physically demanding, back basically backpacking for 15 days straight, you know, because wow. I shot mine the last morning. Did you really? Yeah. So, my, my so buddy, that really doesn't just happen on videos. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't that always crack you? I would make you wonder exactly how many of those really uh, was the last day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> No, I'm sure a lot of them are. Yeah. So that one was, there was soft, plenty of sheep, but it's just always, it's it's going around the legalities of the, making sure the ram's legal. Right. Uh, you know? And weather, did you run but, into oh, fog, so fog, fog, fogged in? Fogged in, sat in my tent for an entire day one time, yeah. just because I couldn't see 10 feet outside the yeah, tent. Yeah, I mean, it's like, hear that. You're like, you can't, doesn't matter, you're, you're here. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> like, so... Um, luckily, I downloaded a couple movies on my phone. And did you? Yeah, <laughs> and entertain myself a little bit. You yeah. did get a you did get a good ram though. Wasn't I it? got an all right ram. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I'm very happy with him. Yeah. You know, I think he was like 35 inches or something. Uh -huh. um, very like last morning we were hiking. That's true. It's last morning, so you. Well, it was last morning, and I wasn't being picky either. Um, I was. We were kind of going up this draw because we had to go up this draw and up and over a ridge to get to our takeout. And we looked up and we saw five white specks and we're like, oh, game on. And we got closer and one is like, oh, one's legal. And so we sat there and it started raining and pouring and blowing sideways and um, had to make a pretty good shot did you? <laughs> to get it done. But uh, yeah, you got it. But I got it done. Nice. Awesome. So how far or what, what other sheep did you draw? Or um, I win. I, I won a Mexico desert sheep hunt. Oh, the second hardest one. Yeah. Get. So I went down. That was a year ago, February. So I did two sheep hunts last year. Wow. wow. So my wife almost left me. Jokes. Because <laughs> <laughs> my wife, when I went on the Mexico hunt, was nine months pregnant. Oh. Yeah. So. Dude. <laughs> Is I have a great one at home. <laughs> so um, that one was totally different experience. That's probably the funnest hunt I've ever been on. Really? That, well, they're like, oh, normally the guys that hunt here are a lot older than you. Really? Because <laughs> they're normally guys trying to complete their slam. Oh, yeah. a lot true. of money. Yeah, and right. so, Save, saving their money. <laughs> yeah. And finally, like, I, and I show up and, like, guys come out and grab my bags and take them to my room. And I'm like, I don't know how to handle this. And I'm just some <laughs> I'm just trailer trash from Idaho. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, you come out and there's this huge breakfast for you. And I'm like, this is almost too much. And then you go back and there's lunch. And like, okay, you can go take your nap now. I'm like, uh, no, I would rather go out and hunt. Can we just go out and hunt? Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we can, you know. And I knew Spanish from living in Argentina, so oh. I was able to communicate directly with the guides oh, wow. and stuff. So they're like, oh, normally guys want to sleep. I'm like, no, I'd rather just go get after it. Yeah. So what, How many days that take you? Two. Okay. <laughs> I was saying, I'm probably up right there. Yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, what the the sheep hunts I've guided on and scouting yeah. and been on a couple others just helping the sheep. Especially all of them have been in the lower mm -hmm. 48. Uh, 
It's like they're busy all day. Yeah, they're out and moving. Yeah. Down there, it was hot, so they would get up because we were kind of end of February, so it was getting warm again. Okay. So they would go and bed down, but they didn't have anyone. That kind of ranch we were on, they typically had, they'd take you around in the high rack, right? Yeah, right. They had the high rack, so you glass, like we'd had our spotter set up on the high rack because that's how you get above the bushes. Yeah. But they never had any, so they would always try to shoot them for the sheep from the high rack. Really? Yeah, at this ranch, which I thought, I'm like, we ain't doing that. Wow. I'm like, I want a big one. I'm here. Yeah. You know, so. Well, probably a lot of guys just want to complete their slam and they exactly. just don't so really. They, and they're normally older. And so maybe they're physically not demanding because that country that I just told them, I got, I'm like, can we just go out and hike? Like get up on top of these mesas and start yeah. looking around. And he's like, you want to do that? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's refreshing. Huh. And so my uh, good friend, Jesse Regal, I mentioned earlier, went yeah. with me on the hunt. Oh, he went, did? Yeah, he went down just to glass with me. Oh, nice. And he's like, you mean him? We're like, no one's done this before because we got up there and started seeing way more sheep. Huh. And that's where we, how we found my ram. Huh. That was. Did you kill a good, pretty good? Thing? Yeah, I killed a 185-inch. He's a, he's a toad. He's the second biggest ram they ever killed on that ranch. Really? Nice. And I 100% mm-hmm. contributed because I got out and hunted like I would have in Idaho. Mm-hmm. You know, got out, hammered it, glassed a ton, yeah. stayed out all day, Yeah, didn't go take my nap. <laughs> Which I do, I tend to do on the mountains, but there I was like, I'm not Yeah, that's true. I know when yeah. we're elk hunting stuff, a lot of times we do yeah. kick back. But, but, when but sheep are also, like I said, they're kind of more active they don't, during the day, a little more active than like elk can be and stuff. Yeah, I don't think sheep... And I'm no expert. I don't think they feed as night at night as much. I I I, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think they're out moseying around, feeding all day. And they're always bugging the muse. Oh yeah. Even the poor muse. I just they get ran around like crazy. Oh I know. <laughs> Pawing at them when they're yeah. trying to lay down and relax. And... I've never felt bad for a mule deer doe in the rut, but I do feel bad for the muse twenty four seven. Because it is twenty four seven. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So no, that was so there were totally two different spheres of hunting that I went on, and it was it was fun. Oh. Two different types, type one fun and then yeah. type two fun where you yeah. like look back like this sucks, but afterwards like, man, I can't wait to go again. Yeah. 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 So That's cool. Mm-hmm. And is that the only two sheep you've killed? Those are the only two. So hopefully someday Idaho. draw Idaho and maybe I can win a third one. <laughs> the stone sheep? I won't tell anyone if I do. Right? <laughs> I'm just yeah, going to go on like, one day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, then with you being an active archer too, you you still get a chance to take time and hunt Idaho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so last year I didn't get to hunt Idaho as much um, because I took so much time off for sheep hunting, um, yeah. which is like understandable. Um, I mean, I hunt with my bow ninety percent of the time. Yeah, you know. Um, so the the Idaho, we have some great opportunities sure. to hunt with your bow. Uh, so I did get out, um, chase some really good deer, found some really good deer, just. Because due to time constraints, probably didn't get it done, mm-hmm. you know. And then I kind of told you what some yeah. other constraints. Uh, yeah. So some Billy Bob Thorntons out there might have yeah. might have done some illegal stuff on one. Can no proof to that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, but that's just kind of this year. I'm really excited though because I kind of missed doing more in Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. It's just every time I've gone out of state and done something, I always think like, "Well, man, Idaho's just as good." Mm-hmm. Like I've gone to Colorado, and I'm like, "This is fun." good time to see new country but i could find better here in idaho because i know it yeah <laughs> you know sure and i think that's one thing in idaho i think a lot of our residents take for granted is how well we can get to know units with our current system yeah like for sure knowing any of the units whether it's sun the sun valley units or middle fork units or even some of the 
down here mm -hmm. um, towards Twin Falls units, you can, if you can just go spend the time, you can find good critters, yeah. all species. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you can find good elk, you can find good deer, good antelope, mm -hmm. and nor and good tag opportunities. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting back to SFW, they are like the main sponsor of the expo, right? Yeah. So that's the Utah. So there's a, I. Um, we talked about this before the show, and it kind of jogged my memory. So there's a Wyoming SFW, a Utah SFW, and an Idaho SFW. They're all interconnected, but um, so they are the main. They're just a lot stronger in Utah than they are up here okay. in Idaho. So they are the main sponsor. They put on that Western Hunt Expo with, mm -hmm. in correlation with the Mule Deer Foundation. Okay, which is an amazing, super conservation success. Um, I don't know if you saw SFW Roach. $50,000 checks to help feed deer in Utah last winter because yeah. it's such a hard winter yeah and probably saved thousands of deer by doing so uh -huh. you know so and that all comes from the expo do they does SFW Idaho do some of the same thing as far as helping to feed the animals um, uh, we tr do as much as we can we're a lot under more underfunded <laughs> than, okay. than Utah is we don't have that big expo to get we don't that's utah's only funds because they kind of whatever you do in your state it's kind of yeah. eat what you kill so we get our funds uh, from our yearly banquet and any okay. other fundraising we do how many banquets are in idaho for sfw just just the one every spring oh really? and it's a big banquet like we rented the shopco and the mall yeah. this year and filled it so yeah. we had plenty we had six seven hundred people it's not a yeah. hundred thousand that you have down at the utah but yeah. those people are probably spending more money than per person yeah. to go to that versus the other ones sure yeah so yeah so that's where sometimes i know people in the past have gotten annoyed of whether it's us or mule their foundation they feel like people are always knocking on their businesses doors or stuff like that but it really truly does help yeah i don't think people they sometimes forget that it really does help and i know it gets annoying but we're kind of left sometimes with no other choice mm -hmm. like we want to do these projects and we have these big lofty goals but sometimes it just you, they take money yeah mm -hmm. at the end of the day yeah you know i'm actually surprised no one's really pushed it to, uh, to do like a banquet in boise we've thought we've talked we've, we've had a chat about it this spring you know um it would be because there is a sportsman show in boise yeah it's not that big i don't know if you've been no. to it yes so um it's not that big but <clears throat> it's not to me i think you could draw from the pacific northwest crowd that maybe doesn't make it all the way to Salt Lake because that's another five hours yeah. from Boise down. So you could get, there's a lot of hunters in Oregon and Washington that would probably benefit from doing something like that. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, um, and it showed with uh, backcountry hunters and anglers, they had their rendezvous a few years back in mm -hmm. Boise yeah. and it was a slam dunk, had tons of people there. Yeah. It shows that we could do it. Yeah. So um, me and Scott have had the conversation. Um, we're just trying to A lot to of it would be maybe just getting some key people over in that area involved to mm -hmm. put a, help put a local committee there. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's a, enough, um, sportsmen's over there and businesses over there mm -hmm. that I'm sure would donate to yeah. a banquet there. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things we'd love to do and get like first light involved. Mm -hmm. First lights, local Idaho company, you know, yeah. if we could Everly get stock, Everly stock, you know, yeah. there's some great, uh, People, there's some great gun makers in Idaho yeah, now, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, that all, they all go to the, the Salt Lake show. Mm -hmm. And so it's not something we, and it's something very preliminary. Don't know for sure we're going to do it, but it's been some conversations we've had. Yeah. Cause that would help immensely if we could get the similar type of funding. Cause I mean, I think Idaho has better 
overall hunting than Utah, and we could make it even better if we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, so, just getting the right. Or if we could just get the right funding going. Yeah, so. but I think, I mean, when you mentioned, you know, them being able to write a check to help feed. Yeah. That's a big thing. It's huge. You know, cause I remember years ago, I mean, it was every year, it was just like uh, you knew they were going to have plenty of hay mm-hmm. and stuff to, to help yeah. feed the animals. and. Those feeding stations like they used to be here. Yeah, well, fishing game has... As well as the wolves. Well, the wolves kind of ruined that. They did a lot <laughs> yeah, of it because yeah. it was like baiting. baiting yeah, basically. For, yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so that kind of... And fishing game is defense on that one. They they did that program for years, and I think they closed that down five years ago officially. Yeah. Um, it's because, yeah, those, they'd have all the elk. Yeah. And like Unit 48, for example, yeah. they had that feeding station behind the ski hill yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the elk would just, and mountain lions would just yeah. run the perimeter of that and yeah. uh, um, just take their easy pickings. It was yeah, not good. It, that, that part was sad. I remember hearing, yeah. uh, like a few years after the wolves had been here and got, when they were really, the population was really going up, mm-hmm. how those feeding stations went from hundreds down to way less than 100. And yeah. 35 and you know that type of thing it's like it's sad yeah but fortunately we can still kill wolves yeah now we can and that's one of those um things that's constant i thought it was done like that fight was like done wrapped up but you'd still be surprised how how much opposition there is to that still really so when we went to like the boise committee hearings probably six or seven people got up to voice concerns about wolves about hunting wolves and they're mostly out of the Ketchum Sun Valley area or oh. the Boise area. So take with that information what you will. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, those people don't have them in their backyards. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of the ranchers up in like the Cary area yeah. and Fairfield Chalice area. And Chalice, salmon, salmon, salmon there, yeah. they're very much like, no, this is a problem. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes ranchers and um, more conservative folk struggle with is because sometimes that does those situations where a wolf kills a cow. The rancher normally just kills the wolf, right? He, he has the right to now. Three yeses. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and so, where that doesn't get documented. Yeah. But the opposition loves documentation. So, and I mean, I, I actually heard some other stories of attacks mm-hmm. on humans. Yes. That aren't documented. Yeah. And they said that they, they literally were told, keep your mouth shut about this. Yeah. And so, I don't know... I haven't quite seen why if like federal wildlife officers are telling people to or fishing game are telling people to keep their mouth shut. To me, that screams another agenda. But I mean, that's yeah. some deep politics that maybe it we want to talk about here. Yeah. You know, so that's but that's where to me it's like if we don't document it, like what 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 can we do, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that they're going to use the undocumented that there's no documented attacks mm-hmm. right against us in these in these hearings right mm-hmm. saying like look there's no wolves you need to stop you've handled the problem yeah. well if we stop hunting them because there's some guy i'm going to say there's probably one percent of the hunting population does 99 percent of the wolf management for mm-hmm. us yeah because they're hard to hunt yeah yeah um and some guys especially up north have figured out calling them and stuff and kudos to them mm-hmm. really happy they're doing it yeah but if we cut off them being able to shoot 15 wolves a year that population is going to boom back up and we're going to have yeah. problems again. Yeah. But right now we're kind of at a great equilibrium where the elk populations are surging. So that's the one thing about Idaho. Um, 
and about being on SFWs, you kind of, when you go to go talk to fishing game, cause there's a lot of really great people in fishing game mm-hmm. and they just, they're really trying hard to do their jobs. Their hands are tied to a point to a point. Would you yeah. say? So, I mean, there's lots of red tape a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that's always hard. And that's where you got at times have to get state legislature involved. Um, and then they're also tied by funding. And a lot of that seems to be at times like mismanagement sometimes, mm-hmm. but I don't, no, I mean, sometimes it's like, well, if we need funding, we need to cut back in other areas. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's where maybe I'll get grief for saying that from some of these people. But that's just kind of how, from the outside looking in, that's what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I run a business. If you don't have funding to do your projects, it's normally a lack of management. Yeah. Especially when you're a government agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? true. <laughs> so true. Um, a lot of these people, though, that are on the ground, especially a lot of our local people, are really good. And they want to, they're trying hard and you get to look at the numbers and see which units are growing and why, you know, and it's like a random unit. Cause I want to hunt it this year. I'm not going to say deer, <laughs> <laughs> deer populations have boomed over the last two years and they don't know why really. And they're trying to figure it out while the units around it are all declining, declining. Wow. What, what unit? <laughs> yeah. We'll talk off camera. We yeah. Talk, uh, yeah, shut these cameras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that information is public for anyone that yeah. wants to go get it. They can go call fishing game and ask for population levels, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. But, and like another good example is they're trying to figure out. We're actually going to play this episode after the fall. So yeah, after the call. fall. So it's all <laughs> or we'll just cut that comment. Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> so. It's like you, unit 55 and 54 have been tied as units together for ever, right? It's very similar sure. yeah. demographics, a lot of ag ground, mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of ranch ground, pretty good. Um, 55 is more mountainous than 54, but mm-hmm. 54 probably has more overall um, public land, mm-hmm. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, but like right now, 54's deer population is struggling immensely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 55's is booming. And they don't like they're one. They're trying to figure out the correlation. Mm-hmm. Um, Winter grounds, possibly. I, um, I think a, a lot of it lions. is. Well, there's some li- lion kills a lot of it. Um, but I know you had Hobie on here, and Hobie's yeah. done a pretty good job um, managing a lot of the lions. Yeah. Um, and he'll tell you that he's not seeing them. But I mean, there's always conflicting reports with that. A lot of it is they were doing lots of doe hunts. Oh in 54 and not 55 that's true and now they just cut all the they did cut all those doe hunts because they finally flew the because they only fishing game only flies a unit about every five years mm-hmm. so they flew the unit and saw oh crap so they cut all those doe hunts out gotcha. and then cut down the youth hunt numbers and i think the buck tag was still they left it at 300 they were talking about cutting it to 200 buck tags on the regular rifle but um I did the numbers on all the tags with the unlimited archery hunt there, and I think they cut it down. I want to say like 600 deer tags out of that ah. total. So speaking of which, you know, I know we talked a little bit about flying, and mm-hmm. and you were kind of telling us why I was all actually I honestly thought they flew every unit every year. No, they don't. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, and there is, but people, I, I guarantee, don't mean to interrupt, but I guarantee people think because they know fishing game flies like they do fly and then they yeah. get mad at them you know what i mean though yeah. but they don't realize 
what you're about to say yeah how that contributes to that and it's something just kind of like i and i don't think it's anything that current management could could do different they have their budgets like we said yeah um and they don't own a helicopter like other states yeah so what they have to do is rent a helicopter from the state of montana and it's very expensive yeah, yeah. and then they're limited to when um they to when the pilot and that helicopter can be down here so they can't schedule anything they literally tell them hey we can be here this day oh and then they gotcha. have to scramble and be ready to fly gotcha so like the current fishing game they're kind of like we'd like to fly every year but we can't because we're limited to this resource and i can't remember the exact number per flight hour it was but it seemed pretty it's outrageous. ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah, yeah i would imagine <laughs> yeah i think just the maintenance on them i was just a uh, friend, I have a friend that's a helicopter pilot, and he I, just not counting. I I was talking, hey, I want to go fly whatever, and he's like, I said I'll pay for the fuel. He's like, that's the cheap part, <laughs> you know. It's like three hundred dollars an hour just in maintenance yeah. for those things, yeah. and then wow. fuel on top of that is yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> when you going, John? Yeah, I'm keeping that secret too. <laughs> Fair. Enough. We all got our secrets, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's where states like Utah, which probably have done like SFW and other Mueller Foundation are, and Rocky Mountain Elk are a lot more prevalent in Utah, that it's helped with a lot of other funding projects. So it's not necessarily they're paying for helicopter time, but they're paying for feed, which then opens up money for Utah to buy a helicopter and maintain it and gotcha. do those kinds of things. So it's kind of those chain reactions, yeah. give and take type of things. Yeah. So where they're flying, if not every year, every other, yeah you know and so that's where kind of that makes a big difference as opposed to every five years yeah it can make a big difference exactly and that's just with idaho system that's where i say a lot of the time i think fishing game is doing the best they can because mm -hmm. when you're looking at they're doing uh regulations for big game every two years mm -hmm. so but they're going off of st harvest statistics they do their previous count mm -hmm. and then have their math um problems too because they can't see every deer or every elk but they can see what they see go they have their formulas mm -hmm. um to go and calculate how much they th how many how big the population is in that area then they uh so then they go from that take harvest down year after year what expected harvest and then do a tag recommendation they, they do rely a lot on the public's help and, and, and most of the public isn't very good yeah. at answering their survey, yeah. right? You know, the survey when it was initially released in, I think it was 99, mm -hmm. was when the survey first came out, it was mandatory or else you wouldn't be able to put it for the big game mm -hmm. draw. But then that, a lot of people got upset about that because they didn't put in their survey. And so it's really like, it's your problem. It's your problem. It's like, your fault. It's your fault. It's an email or yeah. a phone call, you know, <laughs> just take the phone call, say what you did or yeah. do the email. Right. And then so then they scrap that so it's really something they should in my opinion and i've said this is that they should probably look into is doing that again if you're going to have to rely on those harvest statistics those people can't buy a tag until that survey's put in right yeah. you know like you can't you're locked you can't yeah. buy a license you can't buy anything until your survey's put in yeah and you can go put it on their go outdoors idaho website you could do it all right there but um I'm trailer trash from Twin Falls, so sometimes you know, <laughs> I keep joking about that. But um, so that's where that is, and that's where us at SFW have looked at it like, well, we need to fly because this year, this problem in the South Hills is probably three years coming, four years coming, really, maybe even longer. Like you know, longer. it's because they haven't Seriously. been able to fly it mm -hmm. because, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, that makes sense. So, like when they flew it in 2017, 
the I went and read the report. It seemed like how they were implying was the populate. They had 600 rifle tags at that time and, all, and then instituted all those doe tags. So they thought the population was on the up. So they wanted to curb the population to keep it down. But there's plenty, no one, none of the ranchers out there, this is not the problem area of people complaining right. about mule deer. Right. You know? yeah. Like that's our backyard. We know these ranchers and farmers, us three personally, you know, yeah. they want their landowner tag and want a big buck on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. this isn't some of these hippie farmers I say up in Sun Valley that are putting in these million dollar claims because some soybean got eaten, <laughs> you know, um, but they, uh, not to... <laughs> Not to backtrack there. I'm <laughs> a little bit. late on that. I, sometimes no, I, I forget. I have a microphone and this is going out to the public. <laughs> um, so looking at that, it's like, well, from their data, it looked like they're making a good choice, but then they didn't realize all the success that happened. Yeah. And so it just decimated. So when you go and kill, I think they had 700 doe tags or something crazy like that, or 600 doe tags. If you're going killing 80%, of your dope of those doe tags your population is going to drop you want to drop a population you remove the females because us males have no problem right reproducing yeah you know right. if there's if there's females out there so that's true um that's where sometimes management we do a lot of doe hunts in female species hunts that i just doesn't quite make sense to me that a lot of other states don't do yeah i think they're doing those a lot of times just so people are having the opportunity mm -hmm. but they're not thinking the long-term uh, effects effects on that. But I remember, because I spent a lot of time, I mean, we're right at the base of South Hills right yeah, now. you're I, right here. <laughs> I spent a lot of time up there just, you know, in the spring and, and whatnot, and because and, I love the shed hunt and that. Mm -hmm. And man, I used to see hundreds and hundreds of deer and I went up this this year, well, the last several years, honestly, you could yeah. see the, you, if you just spent time in the spring when they're down there on the winter grounds, uh, you can see the decline in the numbers. Yeah. You, you don't have to have a degree to figure that out. No. <laughs> or fly it. No. Or fly it. Yeah, or exactly. Fly, yeah. And that's where sometimes, it, I mean, I would love how my vision of how I would like SFW and other organizations to go is like we could build this relationship with Fishing Game where we have like members like you, John, where you're like, I'm up here and it's bad. Right. You know, let yeah. them know before they're able to fly it again. Right. And have that relationship with Fishing Game that right. they listen. Yeah. Because it's two ways. I mean, sometimes we don't give the information and sometimes they don't listen. As we, I went to a meeting one time and Hobie, uh, you know, Hobie was there and, and some other guys too. And Who's the local outfitter? It, yeah. yeah. Deadline outfitters, yeah. yeah. And and I thought he had some really great advice, but you get the sense that Fishing Game was thinking, yeah, I just hope he's doing it for, for his business, you know, which it probably would benefit his business. But if it's benefiting what he does, it's benefiting everybody, everybody. else out there as yeah. well, in, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. I, I just felt that I felt a lot, of, a lot of the suggestions uh, fell on deaf ears and that the decisions were already made. They were just doing the meeting to. He has done, I know, since he's became the outfitter up there um he has pushed for a lot of things that whether it is to benefit his business or not but just as a whole because he could see problems with the management and stuff so right i think it's been a good thing oh uh, yeah no i'm sure they do listen to him to a point you know yeah hopefully it, they do. It, it's one of those things that you kind of get um because when we were at that boise commission meeting that was a huge eye-opener for me a kind of how like I said, multiplies how much politics have to play in this. Because what you have is you have fishing game officers or fishing guys trying to become 
commission members, mm-hmm. you know, because that's promotions or in yeah. charge of everything. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, that's just every human nature. You want to do better your job and you want to do it. But sometimes when you're in a government business, that's your politic. Yeah. You know, I call it a business because it is. Yeah, <laughs> right? sure. Um, and so they're just going to go politic to their superiors. And sometimes they don't like like to listen to that's like fishing game's biggest fault in my opinion is sometimes they just don't like to listen right you know and that's where a lot of people i've talked to since i've joined them like hey come you won't come help we're trying to do this fishing game they're like oh fishing game doesn't listen you know well i mean yeah i mean but if we keep not saying anything (laughs) yeah they're they're just gonna go operate you know sure you know and they they do listen to a point they do have their redeeming and there's are the redeeming people in there but that's one of those things that's where us as hunters and the outfitters are should be their biggest resource you know we're out there in the field and if we say we don't see deer we don't see deer mm-hmm. i mean right. if the three and me us three probably went into the field looking for elk or deer or whatever we don't see any it's not because we're lazy i mean we're all you guys are that's a seasoned hunter podcast right? right yeah you know so sometimes it's one of those things that i think they think most hunters are the guys just driving around in their truck and not getting out and doing anything but i right. think hunting today is much more you see a lot with the youtube and social media a lot more guys trying to be kind of the cameron haynes or the hard ass right. you yeah. know trying right. to get out there the and feet hike. on the ground feet on still. the ground i do agree with that because i've always done a lot of backcountry stuff and you used to you'd go back you know if you would get two miles off a road yeah you're not going to see very many people but if you know of course we'd be four five six seven miles out back and now I'm seeing more people back in those areas as yeah. well, you know, which is a good thing. But I, I do believe there's a lot of, of road hunting type. Yeah, there still are, and there and there always will be. Right. I mean, that's just the nature okay. nature of it, and that's okay because that's what they want to go do. Exactly. You know? yeah. But there are way more people like we like you just said that like last um, I went up I went up with my horses into Unit 48 um, last year, and or maybe the year before, and. I was up there like six miles in the snow and I roll up and there's a dude hiking. I'm like, mm-hmm. good for you, man. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like, and he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I just got into hunting two years ago. They're like the new people getting into hunting, that's what they're doing. They're not going. Exactly. More the people that are truck hunting and driving around are yeah. the ones that are, that's what they've historically done. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what, well, because the, the people have been doing it forever. That's what they're grew up doing you mm-hmm. know because that's how hunting was right yeah. well the new people are learning it off of youtube and yeah. that's what you see on on there so yeah. i think that makes it and it used to be successful i know an old primer right. in exactly. town yeah. i was gonna say probably back in the day the the animals were there was so much more animals mm-hmm. you didn't have to get as far off yeah i don't know if it was necessarily more and i think we have more pressure i think pressure. it was that i think yeah like if you look at mule deer so like white-tailed deer if you look at the studies are like best they've ever been really in the history of the united states because they do mm-hmm. extremely well with agriculture mm-hmm. so every farm field in the midwest has some whitetail rolling around on it mm-hmm. you know and we're getting whitetail growth here now yeah mm-hmm. are you seeing them locally i've seen a few yeah i've seen a few dead the word part i keep seeing them down in the canyon yeah you know i've, I've never, never heard of that i've just yeah, heard of people and it's them. not like a mistake it's they're giving me the white flag right yeah. running away like well that's a white tail i remember right. one got uh-huh. hit not just not too far from here on the road yeah 
a buck. Mm-hmm. And between Rock, yeah, Rock Creek Canyon and Snake River Canyon. Yeah. But mm-hmm. whitetail will su- probably survive the apocalypse, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. They're like a cockroach. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but mule deer, if we're not careful, there's not going to be big mule deer. Anymore. Agreed. And yeah. that's where mule deer do, not, do extremely poorly with human pressure. And now in our nation, we have a, especially here in the West, everyone wants their acre five acre piece with their house on it which i mean i want it i'm gonna be guilty you know right i mean but we're approaching encroaching on mule deer habitat constantly every year mm-hmm. the invention of side by sides there's more still star side by sides going down the road they just don't handle that pressure right because they're just naturally such a fleeing animal mm-hmm. that way less than elk way less than antelope way less than white really tail. whitetail yeah. moose any other ungulate that we have yeah and so that's where I always talk about deer. Like that's we've been paying so much attention to elk for the last twenty years. Right. I think we've let mule deer kind of fall uh, by the way. So I yeah. totally agree with that. You know? yeah. And I think South Hills is a good example. I mean, isn't wasn't the archery record shot out of the South oh, yeah. Hills back in two thousand two oh, or something? I remember. Yeah, before they even opened it, I knew they were get, talking about doing it, and I thought yeah. every record is going to be broken. Idaho with. Once that opens, yeah. and it did. And so they pushed that, and then that elk herd, I said, I don't want any more tax. I want the elk herd in place. But there was so much focus on keeping that elk herd healthy yeah. that the deer herd, um, they were like, okay, we're not going to give opportunity for elk. So that's always the flip side. You don't, right? Not going to give more opportunity for elk, so we're going to give more for deer so people get in the field. Right. But then the deer su- suffer. suffer because yeah. we did. Because we probably... I think in hindsight, being 2020, everyone now realizes that all those doe tags were the wrong idea, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't do that again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hopefully so, it's not too late. It's just going to take some years to. I I would say, and maybe I shouldn't give my opinion on this, but I would say 54. This season is probably going to be a good big buck season because of all the moisture. If you have a 54 right. tag, good for you. Sure, you know, I have a 54 archery tag. That's why I did it. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, I, just because of the moisture and there's less deer on the landscapes because when there is less deer on the landscape there's actually not as many big bucks hmm. there's more that's where like in colorado you could go to colorado and trip over a 170 right mm-hmm. it's just because there's so many deer that's kind of where they're fighting for feed and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so the fact that there's not as many that there's going to be some big bucks that are going to get big this summer or mm-hmm. getting big currently mm-hmm. um but the, for the overall population to bounce back you're probably a five-year before it starts looking sure, that makes semblance. Sense. I mean, yeah. you got to get a couple um, uh, fawn recruitments out there right. and need some help on some predator. nice, on some winter, some, some nice winters. True. Yeah. You know? Keep the predator population in check. Yeah. Yeah. I think this winter was good. We got a lot of snow up there. It was like the perfect winter for them, but mm. the snow came a little bit earlier. Yeah. And so I think it pushed them down so where they weren't stuck. So that's, that's always the problem. Yeah. Do you remember the there. winter kill a few years ago? We mm-hmm. had. It hit so hard, so fast, a lot of them couldn't get to where they wanted to go. Exactly. And they did get stuck, and a lot of them died there. Yeah. As well as, I feel like, the fawns that have grown up for the last, let's just say as an example, the last six years, they were going and wintering, um, you know, in the same spot. Mm-hmm. And because the winters weren't uh, real, real tough, and then you get a heavy winter, and that's where they're used to wintering, and that's where they yeah. stayed, and then just... Yeah, over there. Yeah, we got that was a bad snow. Yeah, and I think Eastern Idaho. I've heard from 
listen to guys like Robbie Denny. Like yeah. Robbie knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, saying that Eastern Idaho, Western Wyoming, this winter sucked. Yeah. It killed a lot of deer. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't An venture to. I don't venture into Eastern Idaho much. Yeah. You know, so I can't. I haven't gone and scouted and seen for myself. But here in our units, I think we like even the Sun Valley units. I think, I think the deer came out okay. Oh, yeah. good. In my, yeah. in my opinion, and from what talking to others also, I think they got, I think because that storm came early and was light that it started the migrations, mm. you know, so I think they were able to get out of the high country. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's where be, being at SFW and meeting with fishing game is always very enlightening because you can see like, wow, elk populations are rising, but mule deer are not. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes that's where you wish, sometimes at SFW you have to like mention that to them, you know, like just like you're overlooking this and so i that's kind of my goal is to start building good relationships with fishing game so we can have those just candid conversations like hey just another set of eyes looking at things at times isn't bad we're not trying to be overseers or anything we just want to we want the same thing right we want we want better we want better habitat we want more animals we want more hunters Mm -hmm. because really if we want hunting to survive we need more hunting but i can say with most of our public land that a lot of it's not getting hunted yeah just because we're all kind of humans always travel to where it's easy and where it's easy is kind of where we're at and i'm guilty of it too mm-hmm. you know maybe places like the selway should be getting hunted more mm-hmm. it's rough but maybe that's if some changes in the future that if we want to hunt every year maybe we need to make some of us need to make sacrifices and kind of do what maybe what the non-residents did where you have to pick your Pick mm-hmm. your unit and don't get a hunt for 90 days to 120 days yeah. straight. Right, yeah. you know, right, right. Which is super rare. I don't think any of us in Idaho realize how rare it is. Utah is a 15-day season most of the time. Yeah. It's New Mexico is five days, I think. Yeah, so. a lot of places, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're I'm not going to complain one bit. But, I'm, uh, I'm and we shouldn't use, take it for granted. <laughs> I'm going to use it as long as it's in place. Right. But I know sure. it's one of those things that I know deep down it's probably not yeah. the best for the animals. Mm-hmm. When you have this migration of hunters, you'll see it. A resident hunters, they'll go hunt 48 archery, 48, 49 archery, just throwing out units. Hunt them in the rifle too because it's over the counter. So those deer are getting chased um, from September August 1, 30th, August 30th yeah, yeah, through October 31st. Right. Yeah. And then they're taking a two-week break and then hopping over into 55 or 39 for the yeah. open archery hunts. Mm. Yeah. You know, or that's just a lot of time. And a lot of those deer, like in 39, those are some of the same deer they're chasing. Right. And some of the they other just units. Migrate. You know, they just yeah. migrated. So they're just getting constantly hammered. Yeah. You know, so there's no real respite. That's why units 45 and 52 are so important because that's the winter ground. Mm-hmm. So that's where SFW came in a few years back. They were wanting to turn those very petty. Uh, they were having fishing game was having a dispute with the landowners for how they were handling their landowner tags is the only way I can really say it. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to turn those into over the counter hunts. Oh, and so, but SFW is like you can't. It's the best hunt for a reason because that's where all the deer come to. Yeah, right. they're all piling in there. So you need to leave it because. Or else you're not going to have any more deer. Yeah. That's kind of what we've seen with the elk now up there in those ways. I don't know if you guys hunt up there because I archery hunt for elk in 48. Um, the elk have gone down since they've opened up all these cow tags in 45 and 52. Yeah. Because that's where they're migrating into yeah. and then they're getting it's hammered. Not- just hammered. So you, I feel like they do those all those hunts uh, in those winter ranges because the 
branches and stuff yeah. are are complaining about and and that's and that is 100% true yeah. that's what that's the real reason they see it as they need a appease they it's the easy decision um, because they have ranchers that are complaining and you have hunters that want to hunt mm-hmm. so like oh let's put them together yeah it's problem solved but at the end of the day us as sportsmen if we want to be really conservationists that's not the line of thinking we should take we need to work with the ranchers and that's where us as hunters need to realize that the ranching community is our biggest asset because they're feeding our animals all winter right you know so we want them to be on our side we don't want to go fight them right we need to find common ground with them yeah you know so that's where it's very unpopular and for, for me to say but kind of our laws with landowner tags for them is pretty backwards in comparison to other states. Mm-hmm. You know, people say, oh, they shouldn't profit, but well, the deer, it's their land. Right. Deer and elk are eating it. Right. You know, I just giving them the tag and then that can't market it and sell it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was an actual resource to them that, oh, I can make a profit off this, only they're only getting like two tags. Right. You know, it's not taking that many animals off the landscape. Right. Right. It, but so are it, you guys trying to get that changed? Have you worked on that or no? We, no. Um, it's one of those things that we all pretty much agree on. Um, but there's so much pushback from the local community on that. There's right. such a like ingrained cultural pushback on that, that mm-hmm. it's really what, what like there's, it's not a fight worth having. Gotcha. You know, so that's what we're going about other ways, like trying to help them um with like the counting and like say like look let's do it this way with making sure we're getting good harvest reports that's something we can go handle mm-hmm. you know um that's where we mentioned with them with the helicopter is they don't own one but we've talked and spit around the idea maybe we can go and fundraise to help them procure one so mm-hmm. we don't we can fly every year yeah you know um sfw does not want to own the helicopter but we want to help them get the helicopter sure <laughs> you know we don't want to the insurances and stuff like that we don't want any of that right but that's where and that's where we've talked with people. We have a lot of helicopter pilots right here in the Patrick Valley. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And a lot of them would like, I know a few that work for Lifelight that would probably donate time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's the same thing. It's like most people will, and you call them, they'll donate time. Yeah. Not a lot of people have them have money, but time is very readily available. Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of approach we're taking right now. We're with the landowner tags idea. It's just. Like I got in a Facebook argument. I shouldn't have even engaged the person. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, learned that, about I learned that lesson a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Laptop, delete. Yeah. Yeah. Block. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where and is a guy I know, um, semi-local here, and we just have two very different opinions. And I'm just of the one like if I had a landowner, and I didn't get any benefit for these animals on my property, I'd be pissed. Yeah. You know, saying you're giving them a tag that they can probably go get in the normal draws. Yeah. Anyway, because it's a draw for landowner tags. People don't realize they don't yeah. just get them. It's exactly. A, it's its own draw system. Right. Which is also in of itself very different than other states. Mm-hmm. Um, but good for fishing game because they're not putting more tags out there in the right. landscape. You know, so what the rules is, is landowners get 10, you get a 10% of what the available tags are for elk and deer. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? 10%? 10%. Except for units 45 and 52, it's 25. Okay. So um, so <clears throat> when they say like unit 54, there's 300 buck tags. There's actually 330 buck tags. 
because gotcha. 30 tags are going to the landowners. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they get, you can be put into the draw if you have over a square mile in property within mm-hmm. the unit, right. a continuous, so that's 666 acres mm-hmm. or something like that. 640. 640, something yeah. like that. And then you can apply for a second tag if you have over, I want to say 3,000. So normally guys are just getting, like I said, so, and then the elk tags, that's even less if you look at it. Yeah. There's only 60 elk tags, so yeah. you're only six landowner right. elk tags floating around. So mm-hmm. it's not like the landowners are getting all this benefit. Like there's a couple ranches, I'm going to keep the ranch's name, owner's names out of it, that are right along, yeah. on, right along that yeah. bulls, I've seen them in the July, they live on the ranch <laughs> year round. They yeah. just don't leave. Yeah. And fi- and so it's like, and then Fishing Game tried to issue them summer depredation tags to try to push them off, but the public fought it so much that they didn't. So <clears throat> the rancher's like, well, I'm a cattle operation. Like, I need the feed for my livelihood and to pay the bank, but now I have all these elk on here. And then Fishing Game's like, well, we can't have anyone come in here and hunt because it's your private ground. You don't want people running amok. And we don't want to issue these depredation tags that you can control because the public's going to eat us alive. Yeah. You know, so it's really a hard balance. Yeah, it's is. something that really needs to be addressed with some clear minds because I've been in the meetings before and it gets brought up and you're going to have four or five people that get very, very intense right. <laughs> and adamant yelling swear words. You know, and it's like definitely you know, not the people that should be making the decisions. Or, yeah, if you can't come somebody without a dog, in the it fight. turns into an emotional thing. Exactly. Right. You know, when emotion which, gets into it. You need to be removed. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're too, if you can't think objectively, that's where with me, where I'm not necessarily a trophy hunter, but I like, I want to hunt something with some age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I know how to score animals. I don't necessarily care about the score. Like I showed you, yeah. Daryl, a couple bucks I shot yeah. that didn't score well, but were really unique and cool. Um. But that's where it comes to, like, I want that, but I also know a lot of people just want to go hunt every year, you know? And so we need to be able to have clear minds, like, okay, how do we come to the table with fishing game and the general public and landowners on how we can work something out? So the the fishing game, if the fishing game didn't have to pay landowners all the time Mm -hmm. for hills, they could buy their own helicopter and they could fly every year. But Wes says... um, us as hunters sometimes are too pig-headed to realize that. Yeah, yeah. That we're actually hurting ourselves just because we want someone else to not have something we can't get. Yeah, true. that's true. Yeah, good point. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because that's like what I said about 54 earlier. I'm not one of means that I'm going to be able to go buy a 54 elk tag. Right. Uh, the going market rate for one of those tags would be outrageous. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I don't want someone else to be able to go get the tag. Sure, right. I'm totally fine. Good for them. Yeah. Go be able to buy it. If you got the means, buy it. I, I like them getting those 54 tags because I get to go film some of those hunts and I, at least I get to go. Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, I mean, that's not for everybody doesn't get to do that. I understand. But yeah, I don't, I'm have a, bu- have a buddy that draws it. I get a buddy to do it this year. I'm going to try to get up there with him just sure. the experience is yeah. so cool sure. and film it too. I had, I had a buddy that hunted with hobie up there last year and shot a 402 wow yeah with the in the muzzleloader hunt there i mean and it's you don't know a 400 inch bullet until you touch one oh yeah that's, <laughs> yeah, that's so 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 true yeah. yeah he was telling me he was driving up because he took it down to a place in salt lake with hobie to get replicas made because yeah. hobie wanted a bull that size hobie wanted some replicas yeah. mm-hmm. and he went down to pick it up 
down Salt Lake area and he was driving through <laughs> downtown Salt Lake or down on the I-15 in the yeah. middle of traffic and he's like, I'm getting a lot of looks. And he said, and he's like, well, it doesn't help that my bull doesn't fit in my long bed pickup. The well tails are hanging out the back. Wow. He's like, and he's like, I only got an inch on each side of the pickup too. Wow. So I don't think people realize how truly special oh, that yeah. elk unit is. is. And anyone that can have a chance to go on someone's elk hunt up there, yeah, absolutely should. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, it yeah, is it's cool. amazing. Any yeah. of those hunts up there, honestly, you get yeah. off subject, but I've yeah. done several moose hunts too, and oh yeah, it's just so much fun to get yeah. to go on them. You know, yeah. it's an honor. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So that's where some of those things, it's like, and that's where sometimes the fight needs to take place and not say fight maybe is too brash of a word, but it's like, well, we want to keep it. Mm-hmm. We don't need more. We have so much elk, on, uh, elk hunting opportunity in this state. We don't need 15 more tags right. out there right. into, into our prune unit. And that, that is true. That's so true. And, and it wouldn't hurt the population, but you're going to cut that top end right off. hundred percent. So yeah. you'd go from hunting. So the top end, I'd say, maybe you guys agree, is probably 380. You know, yeah. 380 yeah. is probably the top. I would say, yeah. You're probably going to cut that down to a 360. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, I've heard people say, oh, the elk hunting's not like it was down there. But it is still is. No, it is. It's just as good to me. Hobie won't now. tell. Hobie won't tell you. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> He'll I mean, just good I'm as not ever. even talking about Hobie. Yeah. Said, just other people. It's yeah. like it's just as good as now as it was back when they first opened it because mm-hmm. of the good management. Exactly. It's and, an it, it's a management success yeah. story. It's yeah. truly what it is. And anyone that draws that tag, it's so unique because it's not that physically demanding either. True. So you can get around on it side by side. Old guys have gone on it and killed yeah. really good elk. It's especially for the moose hunting too mm-hmm. like some of these guys getting these moose tags it's great yeah. great opportunity yeah you know Big and moose. that's just where um kind of i guess where our vision of sfw is that there's a place for everyone at the end yeah. of the day and there's a way we can change management structure tag structure just because we've done it one way for the last 40 years doesn't mean we need to continue down the same path mm-hmm. just because that's what people are used to yeah um there's a little Thing I read the other day that was talking about the width of rail cars mm-hmm. uh, on the tracks. It's like four feet, five inches or something, something really random. And it was talking about why it was built that way. And it was because, well, that was what the jigs were for wagons. And that's what the jigs were for chariots. And it went way oh. back into Roman times. And that, really? that's why the width of those train cars. So it's like, next time you say, why did we, why is it done this way? And someone says, it's always been done this way. doesn't mean it's necessarily the the right way right sure you know that's just what it was if we're dating down rail car yeah track width to dating it back to roman times yeah maybe when we first did that well, now you can't change it because you can only do yeah, it exactly. <laughs> but yeah that's just where we're at here it's like just because we've done it this way doesn't mean you have to do it the same way forever yeah like i, I this is down casperson opinion not SFW. I've spoken to some of my members about it, and some of them agree. Um, is that we should probably go into a draw-only state um, for management, but some of the tags are unlimited draw, so wow. you can hunt every year, mm-hmm. but you're going to hunt 36 every year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're going to hunt during the season that you pick. Yeah. And maybe it's more like zones, you know, where you have your elk zones, where you have one hunt yeah. early, and you can have a hunt late. So you have a bull hunt early and a cow hunt late, something like that. I mean, that's where you can go and find something for everyone. And then we got to go pick what we're doing. Yeah. It would just disperse us all out. We have all this benefit of all this public land that we're not utilizing that we could, True. you know, where we're, uh, that would just force us to do it. If we don't force ourselves to do it, no one else will do it. Mm-hmm. 
So that's just that's Dallin Casperson, arm share quarterback, is looking at it and saying. And I mean, it's a similar situation to what Colorado does with their mule deer. Yeah. And everyone calls Colorado a mule deer factory, mm-hmm. but we got better genetics than Colorado does. Hmm. Our mule deer, I think, would bounce back immensely if we were able to do that. Have the t- um, be able to fly units and get actual counts to be able to do um, disbursement and management. Um, and then some guys, it would help out because, and this is where sometimes we all have to sacrifice, is you might not be able to hunt 54 elk ever because you're going to go put in for your own elk hunt so you can hunt every year, mm-hmm. but you're sacrificing for the chance of 54. But then the guy that doesn't hunt, maybe there's some guys this that hunt other states like we do i i know you on other states i don't know if you do john i do mm-hmm. yeah so i can never draw a tag, <laughs> draw a tag. <laughs> uh, where we know we're going to go hunting somewhere in the west that we'd maybe sacrifice hunting idaho for a year for a chance yeah. to draw 54 and right. our odds would be better yeah yeah so, but we're limited to people doing that for sure so, and like i said that's do you feel opinion. like like so like i'm going to use antelope as an example, the they did the they do the unlimited tags for that on the late hunt uh, archery, and I feel like they it has pushed you know people want to want to freaking hunt so they're gonna put in for those tags versus so it helps the you know the harder draws because less mm-hmm. people are putting in for it which is awesome, but the counter side of that is there's a lot more people hunting that unlimited tag yeah. hunt now does that make sense yeah I, i've seen that personally and i think that a little bit an adjustment to that because i do the unlimited archery antelope i think we all do we all do <laughs> you know yeah. it's a pretty fun hunt really. absolutely um i think a little flip to that would be is if you did it that it it's first choice only yeah well it is first choice only on the antelope is it it is some oh. units some yeah well the some one, the units we hunt yeah, yeah it yeah. is first choice only and i have seen an increase in hunters out there i was yeah. kind of hoping for the opposite effect to be honest because <laughs> <Yeah, but. laughs> that's where it's like i think i just because i do the archery hunt for antelope but i'm definitely more of a mule deer hunter so yeah. i invest a lot of my time so when i do the, like the unit 53 unlimited or unit 54 unlimited right um i do think a lot of people use it as a backstop right you know exactly and i think that some of the same attitude is like this is a really cool hunt but you got to be your first choice yeah you know yeah and i normally do those because i do sheep hunt i put in for sheep every year exactly um so that's like a great i can still put in for those and i really appreciate that and i would like that not to change for selfish reasons i know 100 yeah <laughs> you know we all would. I, I like having the unlimited tags yeah. myself yeah. yeah but i do feel like when they put it first choice or you you know you people want to hunt so they did use it the, the, i'm talking antelope because yeah. it, it, it that's out there already um people were using it as a backstop which i haven't used it for backstop for a lot of years but i used to yeah. you know and try and draw the early one whereas now it probably made that earlier or the yeah the earlier hunt easier to draw mm-hmm. but there's a lot more people hunting that unlimited yeah. first choice tag. and i think that's just because more people are learning and you've seen it like last year unit 53 tag holders it was the year before it was like 300 and it jumped to like 560. so like you see you see it in the mule deer side too because people are right i mean good job on the bow shops and getting people in archery equipment right and people are starting to learn if they want to hunt every year that's probably the ticket right exactly um, and that's to me is like so that's like the flip side is that's going to become if i were a betting man that's just going to become our over the counters so it's going to be like an over the counter so you're going to see more in those unlimited sadly i think 
the age of us when we would go out up into Stanley Basin hunting antelope yeah. mm-hmm. and there's no one out there. Yeah, right. It's just us. Right. I think those are prob- sadly probably going away. They but are. Then, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I just one of those things people catch on to the curve. Mm-hmm. And but that is on the other side. If you're okay not hunting antelope that year, your draw odds on that earlier hunt just got that much better. It's very true. Yeah, yeah. you know exactly. So that's just where. But then if you, you want it for sheep, you got to hunt under the yeah. sheep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true too. Though. Yeah, if only we could do more sheep days. I'm yeah. just kidding. right. <laughs> uh, but that's just kind of my view on that. I, I don't know how else to change it, but that's just. Where you, if you want everyone to hunt, we're going to have more hunters of field. Right. And if we want better quality, we're going to have less yeah. hunters of field. Right, right. So I think um, like small steps, um, distinction for like fishing game would be to like classify like 54 as a trophy and we're going to manage it like trophy quality. I think Utah does a great example of that where they have their general deer tags you can put in for yeah. and gain points for yeah. and then you have your limited right. you're like your henry mountains and Ponsagant yeah. tags that you can put in for and they're like we're managing these ones for opportunity which big bucks get taken out of those right. general ones all the time mm-hmm. i think the state archery record for utah actually got taken out of the cash which is like you can draw it like two thousand three thousand archery tags get an issue mm-hmm. for that every year and it was not on private land it was on public ground um and where you can have that distinction so people can choose you know and and we have so many units and maybe it's just like picking and choosing it's like like 44 to me has always been kind of like a middle ground unit where the fishing game hasn't really decided is it a trophy unit or is it a yeah um other ones because they have it has great buck potential yeah i drew that archery tag in 29 2020 and that was probably the fun or 2019 excuse me one of the funnest archery hunts. I didn't get to kill anything because I was going after some really big bucks, but it was fun. But you're seeing some really big bucks. I'm seeing some really big bucks. <laughs> but then the year after, they go add 400 doe do tags to it. Oh. So it's like, that doesn't make any sense. You want this hunt to be good, but then you're adding all these doe tags. Yeah. Why are you doing that? Yeah, like, right. we don't need to kill that many does. Yeah. I think the idea that people are only surviving off of game meat mm-hmm. to live mm-hmm. is so antiquated yeah. that that's like the biggest thing they're worried about and that people arguments like well i eat i eat my butt we eat our deer every year all year long i'm like well i kill a deer or two almost every single year my family of four puts that away yeah pretty quick, pretty quick. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and yeah. beef honestly if you can't do it now beef is cheaper <laughs> if you count it up oh, right. yeah, yeah. For sure. and so that idea that we're doing for sustenance living is just a, it's just not there it's it's a modern world yeah. that doesn't exist but that argument is still taking place sure. at commission now, alaska lands. is a different thing where you can kill alaska a moose a few caribou each they do rely on that you oh know, for sure a, if you could kill a moose i mean that's bigger that's two that's two steers yeah you know right. worth of meat i can totally see that yeah. you know you can kill a but moose a caribou a doll sheep grizzly bear whatever the heck you want some there, of right. the residents some area you can kill like up to five caribou a year yeah. per person in your family yeah so, I mean, it's... I, I have a friend up there that lives there, and he kills a moose every year, a doll sheep every year, and a caribou every year. And his family truly does yeah. eat that all year, but that makes sense. I mean, a caribou's very good size. Yeah. Not quite the size of an elk, but very yeah. good size. Doll sheep are small. Yeah. I'm going to say that. There's some, like, after but shooting they're one... they're sure tasty. They're... Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, moose are huge. Yeah. Mm. I mean... I wouldn't want to be alone to pack a moose out, that's for yeah. sure. Especially the moose up there. No kidding. A lot bigger than our moose down I'm here. Sure, yeah. sure. So, 
Right yeah. on. Well, we really appreciate your time. You've opened my eyes on some things with SFW and. Oh, and, thank uh, you. I'm glad. I'm glad I did. <laughs> and you know, we, we appreciate any comments and stuff from the viewers on you know and on a, the YouTube channel to yeah to comment back. Are you on Instagram or anything? My my Instagram's Dallin Hunts. So that's my kind of hunting public Instagram. Spell that out. D a l l i n. Then just hunts. Okay. It's all well, one all together. Put that on the end of this here. Yeah. And, so that's where I just kind of go. I I have a lot of friends, so that's just where I post my hunting. Mm-hmm. my hunting and stuff kind of projects i'm working on but if know, somebody wants to get a hold of you and, they, I'm on and for for um helping out yeah you know, they can get through they can go through there they can reach me through if they just they can call charmac trailers and get a hold of me that way too okay i'm I'm around so and also like i'm very open if someone disagrees with a bunch of stuff i say yeah. i'm not one to shy away from educated conversation yeah so if someone wants to say hey Dallin, you're an idiot i'm like let's go to lunch and that's hash out how I'm an idiot and I'd love to hear yeah. opposing views because yeah. that's the only way we can learn right. and maybe I maybe some us at SFW have it all wrong and we just haven't seen some things it yeah. happens yeah you know yeah. I'd be na- very naive of me to think that I have all the answers or SFW right. has all the answers or Scott Allen or any of the other members have all the answers because we don't yeah but how, we try how, our best how often do you guys have meetings um, so we are bi-weekly so every other week okay. on Thursdays are, are they open to the public yes yeah, so you can come to the Curry Country Store okay oh is that where they're at yeah so we do that so there's we have people in Buell mm-hmm. um, and Twin Falls so mm-hmm. we kind of call it the middle ground mm-hmm. so yeah if you want to come on down we're, Thursday we're every other Thursday what time every other Thursday at uh, uh, I think 5.30 5.30 6 o'clock 5.30 or 6 o'clock okay. so yeah until about 7 cool so yeah. Appreciate your time very much. Yeah. You guys, yeah. it's a great conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, appreciate it. Thanks yeah. very much, John. Have fun this week. Thank you. Take some aspirin with you. I I'd be plan to. <laughs> and we'll be talking soon, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Make sure you smash the like button and subscribe. All the fun stuff. Yep. Bye.